Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Gun Show. And for you, some of you who are just tuning in, what is The Gun Show? Well, it's kind of like bringing artificial intelligence to life. It's the people behind the machines, those cold, dirty machines that all of you guys find that make everything on the planet. Well, we got some interesting characters behind those machines, and today I'm really excited to be here at Allendale Machinery in New Jersey. I'm with John, Andrew, and Travis. Each of them have a unique story, and we're going to talk a little bit about those stories and figure out, you know, who's the coolest between the four of us. And it's definitely not going to be me, but we'll figure that out. Um, so, John, it looks like you got the microphone in the hand in first, buddy. So uh, let's tell the world a little bit about you, where you came from, how you got into it. Is it an accident? Was it on purpose? Sure. Are you even still liking it? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I don't like it. I love it. Um, started off um, pretty much growing up with helping my grandfather out. He was involved in manufacturing here in New Jersey, and uh, he kind of taught me what a manual machine was, a mill and a lathe. And, you know, but that was younger on in life, never really took it as a career path. Um, went as far as I went to Ithaca College, got a teaching degree, got into student teaching, realized, hey, you know what, at, I like kids, but if I was a teacher, I'd never have my own. And uh, that was the point where I said, you know what, teaching's not for me. Um, long story short, went through uh, almost a decade of doing construction and learned quite a bit. Um, ended up getting a recruiter position and knew here at Allendale, Neil McGill, and we were talking about maybe filling some positions here. And I threw my resume you know, I said, hey, check this out. If you guys ever come up with a position, let me know. And, uh, you know, knew a little bit from my grandfather. And you know, I was always a hands-on type kid. Um, but, yeah, I uh, threw my resume, and it was about three months later, I'd say, I came on board as a salesperson. And, um, yeah, loved it. And so you just kind of came from a world that had nothing to do with machining whatsoever and then said, well, let's – Maybe throw my resume in there and see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I always uh, said, hey, you know what? This could be a good opportunity. The industry looks really cool, really interesting. Let's, let's check it out. Um, not to make it sound easy, I mean, I, I did spend about 12, 18 months of hard studying. I mean, I was lucky enough. I was just married, no kids at that time, and I was able to just put in tons of hours learning what the industry was and who our customers were, what they do, and you know, it's uh, but it's it's been an awesome ride. I, you know, I'd like to say, you know, I'd like to make a joke saying you're not the brightest crayon in the box. So if anyone could do it, <laughs> you, but you actually are quite clever. Um, and for you to put forth that time and learn the industry, it's kind of neat. So before getting into it, if you still remember those days, because you've been doing this quite a while now, what was part of the inspiration that said maybe I'll look into that industry? Um, for some of the people out there right now who maybe don't have a career path or don't like the career path they're in. So in manufacturing, manufacturing touches, you know, almost everything we do. Um, whether it's, you know, the water bottle that someone's drinking out of, that mold, if it's a plastic bottle, that mold came from somewhere. Um, the cars we drive, the, you know, the clothes we wear, it's all part of manufacturing. Um, you know, it's, there's plenty of avenues in manufacturing where you can focus on an industry that you have some sort of personal interest in. Um, so, yeah, there's it, endless, endless areas you can focus on um 
and it, it's all around us. You know, I, when I was growing up, I didn't realize there was machine shops around. You know, that just wasn't something I was familiar with. And now that, now that I'm involved in it, I see where they are and how close they are and what we make here, and it's cool, you know. I'm with you, and, and honestly, I didn't really know about machine shops either, which is somewhat strange in the sense that I got uh, either failed or kicked out of every foreign language class in high school and by default went into the ag machining department, but never thought, I'm probably going to do this for a living sometime. So I spent five years in vocational art and zero years in Spanish and still never thought, well, I might want to pursue that someday. You know, so it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to see where our paths, you know, move on to. So, Andrew, if you don't mind, my friend, tell me, I know a little bit about you. I think you're a pretty cool dude. I know that you're into, uh, like, guns and motorcycles. And I think uh, last time I was in this area, we uh, shared a cigar or two. Uh, but tell me and our audience a little bit about kind of your background, how you got into manufacturing, and, and maybe a little bit of who you are today. Sure. Um, so, way back when, before this journey all started, um, I was a diesel mechanic for tree service. And so that's where my humble beginnings were. I was always hands-on, I was always working on cars and trucks and stuff like that. So it kind of rolled into working for this tree service and it, you know, turning wrenches sometimes and other times I'm feeding a wood chipper, I'm driving the truck, I'm splitting firewood. So very little to do with manufacturing back then. And then, uh, so I went to Rutgers School of Engineering, got a mechanical engineering degree, which at that point in my life, everyone was like, you gotta go to college, right? That's, that's what people do. So I did it, I followed the line, and then I said, hey, you know what? How can I turn what I like to do into something I can really make a career out of? Um, so ended up putting out a bunch of resumes, and, and one that came back was for an ambulance manufacturer. Hmm. Um, so they did, sheet metal forming, water jets, that kind of thing. And they're, they're building basically the whole box on the back of the ambulance. They're making the whole thing from start to finish. So I fell into that, started working with some CNC machines and uh, started to really pick up on it. I go, you know what, this is something I could do. This is something interesting. I'm still working with my hands. I'm not stuck behind a computer or a desk all day. So stayed there for about two years, I want to say just sheet metal forming and doing that kind of stuff, welding, all, all that. And, uh, and I said, you know what, I want to go a little farther, dive in a little more. So I uh, threw out the resume again, and a company came back that liked my background. You know, I was hands-on, I was a mechanic, I was this, that, and the other thing. I, I wanted to be at the machine. And so they did uh, prototyping, primarily for uh, aerospace, defense, that kind of thing. So fell into that. Started working on lathes, um, pretty heavily programming, setup, everything, start to finish. I was I was doing everything, so I, I really had to learn quick, and uh, you know, doing two two part setups, three three part setups. Ten was like a production run, you know, and I'm breaking the machine down and I'm setting it back up. So I did that for a little bit, and uh, really learned a lot. And then I said, you know what, let's go another step farther. So then. Um, ended up coming out that a, a friend of mine was friends with Neil from Allendale and he ended up reaching out to him and said, hey, I, I got this guy, you know, he's into machines. I know you guys are obviously into machines, so we ended up connecting on that and uh, made the leap to Allendale and I've been here for about three years now, I want to say. And 
just one step up the ladder. You know, it's never a dull moment. I get to work with brand new equipment. I get to work with different machines every day almost. So it's it's always challenging my, my skill set. And going from a wood chipper to, you know, a half a million dollar mill turn machine really, you know, really grew my, my outlook on manufacturing and, and what kind of career path it can bring you if you're, you know, committed to going down the road. So that's that's kind of my story in a nutshell. So you went from being the machine to running the machine. Exactly. <laughs> from programming the machine. That's right, yeah. And I don't know <laughs> if you consider yourself uh, a country boy or not, but your story about tinkering um, I think resonates with a lot of people out there who I've spoken with previously who tinker on the tractors or on the motorcycles or on Absolutely. their lawnmowers. You know, there's yeah. a lot of those, you know, rural kids that mm -hmm. this is kind of a, a natural fit for them. And I've heard people say this time and time again. Mm -hmm. Maybe you agree or disagree. I'd love to hear your perspective on, on the story. But a lot of people will tell me, you know, when I'm in manufacturing, whether I'm engineer, programmer, whether it's robotics, I've never really had a fear for having a job. And it's always going to pay, even at the button-pushing level, enough to take care of a family, take my vacation, give me my health insurance. And there's pretty much, I mean, there's always going to be a roller coaster ride and everything in life, right? But for the most part, it's a pretty stable industry we're in. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that, you know. And, and this year really was, was proof of that, 100%, you know, with, with COVID and everyone's shutting down businesses and everything's going upside down. And I, I feel like I never really stopped working. If anything, we sped up, you know, it, it just kept on going through. And that speaks to the, the power of manufacturing and, and the career paths that, that can go there. That, you know, it ha manufacturing has to happen. You know, the, John touched on before, like the, the things we use every day that you don't even realize, like the, the coffee cups we drink our coffee out of, you know, the, the tables we put our stuff down on, everything is manufactured by some sort of equipment. And behind that piece of equipment, there has to be an operator, a programmer, an engineer, what have you. There's always a career there that has to fuel that. So uh, that's a big reason why I think, uh, you know, this is a career to stay. You know, manufacturing will always be there as, as long as humans are on this earth. Yeah, so. and, and before we get over to hearing Travis's story, um, to your point, and also to maybe connect with, with some of the kids these days, um, and I think there's a stereotype with whatever age we're in right now. I know millennials caught some crap for a while, and you know we always go back and <laughs> forth with baby boomers, and I'm not even sure what the next generation is, right? But there is one thing that's that's somewhat certain-ish is that uh, we're developing more apps, and there's more technology, and a lot of people are playing video games, and the video games are getting more real. They're virtual reality type stuff, and there is a correlation, and I've heard this said by many people, between getting into robotics and programming where you're kind of trying to beat your own cycle time, beat your own score like a video game, or sure. setting up these robotics to kind of play with a more virtual reality video game. Do you find that, you know, that there is a connection between the two worlds? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I catch myself doing it all the time, even when I don't have to. You know, I'm, I'm down there making a part for a customer, and, you know, let's say it's a two-minute cycle time, and I go, I could probably do that in a minute and a half. I could, <laughs> I could go faster. And the customer doesn't need it or want it. I just want to say I, I did that in a minute and a half for my own personal gain. So you find yourself tweaking it and, and you're looking at your machine run and you go, I can make that a little better. I can make that a little better. And then it starts to become an addiction where it's like, you got to make it 
your own. You got to put your own little flavor on it. And I, I think any apps guy that, that that's been in front of a machine can can feel the same way. You're you're never satisfied. You're always trying to outdo yourself or outdo that other guy that made the same thing or something similar. You're trying to beat their score and. You know, at its core, it's a you know, it is a video game. You know, you're you're programming it, you're you're letting the machine drive itself, and you're behind it, making the magic and and figuring out how to make it a little bit better, a little bit faster, a little bit cooler, a little bit more efficient. You know, what have you? And uh, you know, especially for today's generation of kids, that's it. You know, faster, stronger, better. Everything's got to be one up by something else, and you could definitely do that in manufacturing if you got the right kind of skill set and the drive to do it. I would say. Yeah, I'm going to apologize ahead of time for what I'm about to do, but that Kanye West song popped in my head. Harder, better, faster, stronger. That, 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 that don't kill me. Will only make me, and I'm not even sure if those are the actual words, but hearing you say it. Sure, Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even going for that, but. He lives his life by that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's constantly playing in my head. So, Travis, let's learn a little bit about you, my friend. Let's share with our audience uh, kind of your story, where you came from. Obviously, the three of you are at Allendale with completely unique stories to each other, but we're all here now and kind of mostly getting along with each other, right? We kind of like each other. Yeah, so. for the most part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see if we keep our hot streak here. Uh, doing good here. No outtakes. But, yeah, we'll uh, save the best for last, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, my story's a little different than uh, Andrew and John's. Um, I actually kind of pursued this career from not quite day one, but for the most part. Um, yeah, just like these guys, as a young kid, I was always wrenching and, and fixing stuff and leaving my old man's tools out in the yard, you know, getting in trouble. Um, but yeah, when I was about 14 or so, um, 14 or 15, about to go into my, uh, I guess it would be junior year of high school, um, my father, he said, you know, because I was go, uh, setting up to go to a vocational school. The last two years of high school, you could do, you know, you could stay in school or you could do your, your vocational school, uh, which is more hands-on. Um, he said, you know, you should do that and take this machining class. And I said, you know, I, I you know, took a liking to it. I said, that's pretty interesting, especially, like you said, it's uh, kind of related to the stuff I was already interested in. So I took his advice, one of the only times probably. <laughs> no, just kidding. But uh, yeah, and then my junior year and senior year, I went to um, a Votech school for machining with, through one of our uh, HTEC programs, the Haas Technical Education Center. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're aware of that. Very aware, yes. They do a great job with education. Yep. And uh, through there, uh, we had Haas machines. I got to know um, some of my bosses here today um, through that, uh, Marty. Uh, Neil, Andy, and um, after I graduated high school, I went on to college, um, did a two-year associate's degree, machine tool technology. My senior year, uh, last semester, I gave Marty a call um, just to find out, like, hey, what shops might be hiring, what's a good place to work, and stuff like that. And uh, they actually happened to be hiring at the time. So I said, well, what about you guys? And he goes, <laughs> it's like it, it, like a light bulb went off. He goes, yeah, we, we would love to have you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so pretty much, yeah, I graduated in uh, April or May of 2008 and started working here a week later. That was 13 years ago now. Wow. Yep. So in your 13 years of experience, and it sounds like you 
always kind of wanted to be a part of this industry. You yeah. know, at least you were tinkering. In your 13 years, what do you think has been your greatest struggle and your greatest success? Oof, that's a tough question. I like to ask the tough ones to get the realness from the people. Um, some of my greatest struggles, I would say, is just learning things that I didn't know. Um, like electrical, for example. You know, I, I, I know the red wires, the red wire, the black wires, you know, and you don't touch the two. Um, <laughs> but throughout the last 13 years, I got a very good understanding on, you know, electrical and circuitry and, and stuff like that. And that's actually some of my bigger accomplishments, I would say. It's just, you know, um, when you hook up a, an electrical circuit that you that you drew up or you design and it works. You know, that's, that's a cool feeling, um, especially not, not coming from that type of background. You know, mostly wrenches and machining and stuff like that. No fires? No, nah, no fires. That, that's another thing I like about electricity. It's, you know, it's easy. You either got it or you don't. There's no <laughs> in-between usually. Um, but yeah, and, and just any of the, the, the cells, the robot cells that I've done, um, just, just seeing the, the ROI numbers and, and things like that um, makes me feel good about that type of stuff. But well, going to school for it, and you said... 2008, 2006? 2008, yep, 2006 and 2008, I was in college, yep. So what do you think for your career so far where you've seen the most growth in our industry? Hmm. And that could be the field. It could be, you know, well, aerospace is really doing something or medical is really doing something, or it could be specific machinery like, you know, we're seeing a lot more automation, like you taught me about. You know, previous to this to this podcast, um, mm -hmm. from two thousand eight to now, what has jumped the most? Hmm. I would say medical. Medical. Um, that one's that, that one's always kind of been a you know a pretty heavy hitter. Um, I do have one customer that I don't know what industry it would be in. But probably back in like 2009, they had zero CNC machines. Uh, we installed their first machine. I trained them on their first machine. And now since they've, they've moved facilities, their staff has probably quadrupled, went from maybe 10 people to 500 or something at this company. And wow, now they probably impressive. have close to over 100 machines. No kidding. So in that same time and frame, saw, yep. And I saw that that company. Like I said, I installed their first machine, trained them, and now they got hundreds of machines. That's incredible. Hundreds of employees. So they and and that's talking probably probably five years time. Um, that's one of the best growth stories in a short amount of time that I've ever heard, and I've heard some pretty good ones. Did you learn enough to know that we can start our own business and and grow the same amount in five years? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'll invest in you if you invest yeah, in me. We can yeah. get this thing started. We yeah. won't even tell the other guys sitting in the room right now. Yeah, that one. That one. Uh, that was a. That was a big one for me, and that was, you know, one of them also accomplishments. It's just good to say, hey, listen, I installed their first machine, trained the guy, which is pretty much the boss now. <laughs> you know, oh, I trained this guy, and now he is in charge of hundreds of people and all these different machines and stuff. 
That's an incredible success story. I wish you would have told me that one earlier when we were yeah, filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was, uh, that's what made me think of it. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, was, that was a good successful story. Um, well, I want to ask you guys individually, and you can, you know, tell the story or, the, or your uh, perspective, you know, as you wish and um, in your own time. But one of the greatest gifts of this podcast, I believe, or at least I'm really hoping to, is, is to connect with an audience that, um, maybe need some inspiration or, you know, maybe doesn't have a path. You know, I certainly didn't. I thought I was going to be a pro soccer player and, you know, that didn't work out because what, zero, zero, one percent or something like that. So yeah, it didn't work out for me. But what I want to, what I would love for you guys based on, you know, we got a, a teacher, we got a wood chipper <laughs> amongst other things. And then someone who meant to purposely be here, mm -hmm. right? Um, we actually have an engineer, not a wood chipper, guys. For those of you who are listening, <laughs> Andrew is brilliant. Don't let me downplay his skills. Um, but I think it's important that we connect to an audience because I do believe that maybe this episode, maybe the next episode, maybe the one after that, we're doing everything we can to connect to an audience who's right now maybe watching, you know, the Cooking Network or E! Network or Sports Center or whatever it might be. But we want to be the channel where people go, damn, that's cool. And so to get it started, one of my favorite things in this industry is the unique things that change people's lives. And what I mean by that is, you know, the person who can't walk or has back pain all the time or hip pain, that, that new hip replacement, that new bone replacement in their back that allows them to be more mobile than they used to be. The kid who has never been able to hear in their entire life, to know that we created a hearing aid that allows them to hear some noises that they've never heard before. The kid who's blind or colorblind that gets to see something or more colors or whatever it might be. The fact that I love to fly all over the world and I can do it faster, better, stronger, that, 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 no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we can do that better now in the aerospace industry. We just, we see SpaceX shooting rockets into space, and I don't know if you're going to go or any of you are going to go to Mars to live, but it's a one-way ticket. So if you do, I'll miss you. But these things we are creating, this is our industry, and I think that we're passionate enough about what we do that maybe we can convey some of that passion to the kids to go, this is a good career. This is a good life. Let's reduce that skills gap. Let's, let's be a part of something that's not going to be fidgety and, and unstable. Let's be a part of something that is going to create a better future for all of us. Science, medical, aerospace, whatever it might be. So the reason I'm being long-winded about it is I'm giving you all time to think about what your answer might be. Right, right. But now I will stop talking. So if you'd like to go first, uh, Travis, totally up to you if somebody else wants to go first. But Whatever inspiration you guys have to bring the chills to the people who are listening right now, it could be a personal story or just something you think you might would have want to hear when you were a child as well. So I would say the thing I would want to share with my younger self, um, which I did a decent job with, um, I was never the, the, you know, the A student. I was never the one that was top of the class. I did just well enough to get by. Um, but... You know, a buddy of mine's father always taught, he told me, because I ended up working for him for a while, don't ever turn down the opportunity to learn how to make something. Don't ever turn down the opportunity to learn a skill. Um, I think it's very important that whether it's manufacturing or not, if you can learn a skill or learn how to make something, it could be building houses. Learn it. No matter what, no one could ever take that away from you. Um, the other thing I would say to point out to learn, 
business is involved in everything. So if you have the opportunity to learn how a business operates or, you know, how someone can take a product and take it to market and sell it and, and, and make money from it, um, those are two important skills. Um, just, you know, learning how to make the thing and then learning how it, we deal with items and, and um, what do you want to call it, materialistic things. It may be, you know, your phone. You know, how did that product, one, get made, and two, end up in my hand? Because it's one thing to be able to make it, but that just gets it on the factory floor. How do you market it? How do you get it to that person? How, the logistics of something. That's in everything that we touch. It's, it's made, and it's some sort of path to get it to the, the consumer. Um, I think those are very important things, and you don't have to go to school for that. You know, you can take a job somewhere and just ask the questions. If you're, you know, working at the local lumberyard, working at a bakery, Learn how to make the goods that you're dealing with. Learn how, hey, you know what, this is what my boss is doing to, you know, maybe it's an advertisement in the local paper. Maybe it's a radio commercial. Maybe it's a TV commercial. How did this product get from the oven, say it's a, a cupcake, how did it get from the oven into the person that loves its hand? Um, if it's lumber, where did the, where'd the lumber come from? You know, well, further downstream, further upstream. Where did it come from? What's it going to be used for? Um, things no one could ever take away from you learn learn what's there and if you're passionate about something motorcycles work in a shop learn how to wrench on the motorcycle learn hey where this motorcycle come from how was it built you know it's there's endless avenues you can take this and you can always focus on something that you like um i like motorcycles i like you know um i like guns too i like cars and you know in our industry here in jersey there's a lot of different things that you know i'm not always dealing with a, a motorcycle customer a car customer uh, aviation medical but it's always changing and and that always keeps it interesting and you know keeps me coming back for more so just make sure you stay hungry keep learning and that's how i got yeah. here stay stay uh yeah like you said stay hungry and follow your passion yeah. that kind of thing um because yeah, you're right you could being in just about any aspect of what we do, we can create, right? So if Absolutely. you're into, as you said, motorcycles, you can go build motorcycles. If you're into cars, you can do that. If you're into guns, if you're into medical, whatever it might be, there's certainly a career path for people yeah. who want to be involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so to to your point, I would, I don't like to say I would argue because I don't like to argue. Go so ahead, I'd like argue, to say, argue. Go ahead, let's I like do to this. say I would like to discuss. <laughs> um, but I would, I would like to say that as a general stereotype from outside industries, most people look up at, you know, when you're in school and go, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a dentist. I'm going to be an astronaut. You know, whatever it might be, right? And, and there's probably still that stereotype, and maybe I'm wrong, where the manufacturing industry is somewhat looked down upon as being a dirty, grimy, you know, labor job. I don't think it's that way anymore. It might have been at one time with manual machines and hammers and that kind of thing, but we're talking about state-of-the-art machine shops where you can eat off the floor, it's so clean. So I think it's, it's important to also mm -hmm. recognize that what we're getting into, in my opinion, is equivalent as far as status quo and the Joneses Engineers are the equivalents of status quo, doctors, lawyers, these types of things as well. And I think it's important that we lift each other up to say these are careers we should pursue. They yeah. stabilize an economy. I mean, there's all you know. There's people out there. Um, 
one of the people I've followed since I was young was Jesse James. He made it cool to work with your hands, you know, building motorcycles from scratch, tank and everything, frame, it, he made everything. Um, you have people out there right now like Elon Musk. I mean, look at everything he's doing with SpaceX, Tesla. Um, whether you agree with the technology he's making or not, he's bringing to light the, it's almost like a science lab. You know, you could eat off the floor. It's a clean environment. They're making things that are out of this world. I mean, literally, you know, like it, it's, uh, yeah, it's the stuff that they're making. It's not the oil dripping from the ceilings and, and you know, dangerous machinery that you're leaning into. Although some of those shops are still out there. I'm not going to deny that. But you don't have to. You can choose your path. And if you don't like it, find a shop that you want to work in. You know, it's the same thing with car dealers. Or I shouldn't say car dealers, car shops. You have the guys that may be a mom and pop shop that has tools all over the place, oil puddles everywhere. Or you have the dealer that literally you can eat off the floor and every nut and bolt is accounted for and every wrench is in its spot. You know, it's, it's we have to pick our path and, and, you know, be accountable for ourselves at some point. But the opportunities are there. So, yeah, I agree. And that's very well so. said. Yeah, totally. Andrew. What kind of insight do you have for us? I'm ready to have my mind blown. Can you, can you, we're playing the one-up game. Have you ever played the one-up game where someone tells a story, you go, yeah, but have you heard my story? Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I tell people all the time, you know, coming in out of shops, I, I deal with a, a multitude of different styles of, of people and they're at various phases of their careers. Um, but I, I have people sometimes will run up to me from another machine, they, they see him working on one, and they, how, how can I do what you do? And I tell them, you know what, you don't have to be necessarily, you know, an engineering graduate. You don't have to be a scientist, or you didn't have to be the valedictorian of your high school to go down a path of of uh, CNC machining. If you're passionate about it get into it, you know, touching back on John's, you know, Jesse James reference, you know, if, if you're excited about building something with your hands, then go learn how to build it. You don't need prerequisites and you don't need to be scared that, you know, maybe I don't have all the traits needed to be this fancy computer programmer. Not really the case anymore. Nowadays, it, the barrier to entry is a lot easier to, to jump over because of the resources that are available for fresh kids out of high school or kids that are still in high school to start learning this stuff. You know, Haas has tons of videos online that, that will pretty much train you how to run the machine without ever having your hands on one. And, you know, those real resources grow by the day. And I always tell people when they come running up, they go, how do I do what you do? I go, just get into it. Find a shop you like, pursue it. You don't need to be something extra. You just need to have your seat time, get into it, be passionate about it, and, and have a drive for it, you know, and that's, that's what's also exciting about the manufacturing industry. It, it allows you to jump over barriers that you didn't think you could before just by giving a little effort, you know, and that's something that excited me in the first place to getting into it. You know, I said, I, throwing sticks into a wood chipper, you know, I'm, I'm driving a crane around town, and if you told me I'd, I'd be making bone screws one day, I'd say you're crazy. <laughs> no way, no way. I get back on my motorcycle and I ride around town. I got no way I'm making bone screws. I and need some one day. <laughs> yeah, and, and here I am. I have people calling me. How do I make that screw a little better? You know, and they're asking me for advice, the, the humble wood chipper. So it, it's 
get get into it and get after it. That's that's what I like to tell people because it's it's out there, and if you if you're interested in it, anyone can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that story, and um, kind of to to further that, a lot of people have the complaint of you know sitting in a cubicle too long or you know the mundane repetitive type of job that's you know maybe a comfort zone because you know it but also eh, come on it gets monotonous after a while I would say that with your career path you get to see something new regularly and maybe never in a cubicle that's right yeah I think I, I do physically have a cubicle here at Allendale Machinery <laughs> Systems, and I think I sat at it for a grand total of 15 minutes this year. So it's, it, it's so nice to not be bound to one spot and doing the same thing every day in and day out. It's, you're doing similar things. You know, you're still working with machines. You're still working with tools. You know, you're working with different materials. It's the, the concepts are, are similar enough where you can get a basis of knowledge and build on it, but not so similar that you go, I already did that. I already did that. I know exactly how to do that. You know, it, it forces you to keep challenging yourself and to keep learning because every day something new comes across that you might have not seen before and you have to evolve, you know, or even just the manufacturing industry itself. Machines are evolving, you know, things are getting more advanced. If, if I just sat stagnant and I didn't force myself to continue learning, you know, everything will pass me right by as, as the machines get more advanced. There, there are more, more axes flying around. I mean, on the Citizen we were looking at today, that's, it's basically two machines in one, you know, and next year they're, they're probably trying out a third, you know, set and we'll, we'll be making three parts at once, four, you know, it just keeps evolving. So, um, not really sure where I was going with this, but... No, it's all right. It's good. And and here at Allendale, <laughs> you uh, you have some really great partners. Which, Absolutely. Uh, I'm you know I don't work with Allendale other than just I consider you guys friends. And you know previously at other companies I've had great relationships and partnerships. So I don't know that what I'm about to say is true or not, but I think you will will convey that it is that partners like Citizen and Haas and Kitamura and all these robotic companies, Fanuc, I believe you work with as well. Um, they're constantly updating their systems, which means you must update yours, and there's no, you know, the, the comfort zone is constantly stretched, which is good because sitting in a comfort zone too long, you know, we get bored, you know. So, right. so you have great partners here at Allendale that you work with that's constantly inspiring that next level of innovation. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that 100%. And, and the other thing I find, too, is that I'm constantly evolving. Every time I have to learn a little more, it becomes easier. It becomes more natural to say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up this new piece of technology and I'm just going to learn it, you know, on the fly. I'm going to figure it out. And every time I do that, the next time that comes across my plate, it's not so challenging. And I say, all right, no big deal. You go through the motions. You can figure it out. And, and it, it forces not only further learning, but also rewires the way your brain tackles problems, you know. And all that trickles back, it, you know, once I leave work, you know, I go home and I got to fix my plumbing, you know, now my, my brain's wired. All right, here's a problem. How can I fix it? How can I do this? Oh, I got to build something. Oh, I can build that. It's not, what do you mean? It's not on the shelf at Home Depot? No problem. I can manufacture it, you know, so it, it opens up your, your mind on how you look at anything if, if you can take the manufacturing home with you too, you know, you can expand into more parts of your life with it. And it's, 
you know, something that I think I'm, I'm never going to stop doing it, you know, because now that's just the, the way I am. It's I got to go. I got to learn. If I'm sitting still, uh, it, you know, drives me crazy. I got to be constantly sprinting forward. And uh, you know, I feel like a lot of the kids today, that's that's what they're into they, they got to be constantly stimulated and have something in front of them to do all the time and something fresh and something that that can excite them and you know with the way manufacturing and machine tools are growing there's more than enough there for you to learn and to get excited about and to you know have have something to keep you entertained for days on end absolutely agree and you made me think of that uh any any of those memes where you go Wait, I'm not a plumber. Hold my beer, mm-hmm. you know. And then you like you take on that you take on that thing, that's, right? That's right? Whatever it might be, and that so that's a great attitude. Well, Travis, um, I've given you about 30, 45 minutes to think about your answer boy, now after boy. passing the microphone. Yeah. So we're playing the one-up game. Some remember? Tough competition. <laughs> Stiff competition. Yeah, here. yeah. Now those are uh, you know good stories. A lot of good points. Um, one story that's kind of going through my head here. Um, I don't know if it's relevant or not, but yeah, sort of. Uh, say about a year ago when all the COVID stuff started going down, I was uh, installing a robot cell. And the first week of shutdown, the electrician come in, and uh, I noticed he had his son with him. You know, the kid was probably junior, senior year in high school. So I said, wow, look at this kid, you know. He's, he's not sitting home. He's got a good worth ethic. He's out with his dad now making money, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so fast forward, I was at the same customer here uh, a week or two ago installing cell number three. Um, so the electrician comes back and his son's with him again. So they're doing their thing and, you know, and same thing. I, th- I thought, all right, this kid, he's, he's going to take over his father's business. But now the father, he comes up to me, he goes, hey, listen, I'm trying to get my son into manufacturing. He goes, do you have any advice for him? You know, and I told me, like, aren't you going to be an electrician to take after your father? You know, like, but now I said, listen, manufacturing is, is, is great. As like these guys said, you get, you get to see all kinds of different stuff. Um, you know, you learn new things every day. Even me, I, I still learn new things every day. Um, and uh, you'll never be out of a job, I told him. And that's another thing. You can, you can pretty much go anywhere you want with manufacturing. Um, I'm from... The middle of nowhere, and there's still a machine shop in the, the town that I grew up in. Um, so yeah, you, you pretty much go anywhere. Um, you can pursue an aspect that you're interested in, um, and you, you'll you'll never be left in dust on the unemployment line, you know, for the most part. Well, if <laughs> Unless you're doing have... something wrong. And, you know. <laughs> if you crash too many machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you overstay, you're welcome a little bit. But. <laughs> But yeah, if you got a good head on your shoulders and and willing to learn, um, you know, there's always there'll be that spot for you in manufacturing somewhere. Yeah, and I think to your point, and you said middle of nowhere USA, there's still a machine shop, right? Yeah. Um, I, think- I didn't know it when I was younger, but you know, as I get older, you start to notice these things, like John mentioned. Oh yeah, there is a machine shop here. Yeah. There's a machine shop there. You know, they're, they're, you look hard enough, you'll find it. And, and to your point, I think the really cool thing about our industry and we, you know, great discussions from all three of you guys about different backgrounds is that I, I believe that when you go into specific fields, you know, when you graduate school and I'll go back to the doctor, lawyer type of thing, it takes a certain personality, right? 
And I would think there's specific personality types that go, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the world. I'm gonna be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna save the world, you know. But in our industry, there's just so many different facets of it that we get the, the gambit of personalities. You know, we got the guy that only wants to work on robots and never gonna do anything but work on robots. And you got the guy that only wants to run manual machines. And yep, the guy that yep. only wants to weld and is mad that the robot's welding for him, right? When we talk about manufacturing, everything that we've talked about today, all three of you guys have brought up, you know, spaceships and phones and cars and all this stuff. It is the full gambit of misfits and personalities and characters that we have. So there is truly no limitation to becoming the best versions of ourselves that we want to be by truly following a passion. I agree. And I think you've done a great job by coming out of the middle of nowhere. And which H Tech Center did you go to? Uh, it's actually no longer. Um, oh. <laughs> yes, uh, I didn't. I don't know if they had the uh, um, the kids sign up over the years, but uh, that was uh, Sullivan County, um, Bosies. I guess. So middle Sullivan of nowhere, USA. Yeah. Yep. We should have stuck with that. Upstate New York. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, yep. I'm sure the guys at Allendale are, you know, grateful to have you here and pursuing that path. And, you know, mm -hmm. all three of you, I, I really appreciate learning more about you and, and, you know, you spending your time with me. Um, time is, you know, the one thing we can never have back. So I hope my time was as valuable for you as it was for me. And thank you for, you know, hopefully inspiring the audience that we have at the gun show to maybe just, you know, taking a look, you know, and, and different backgrounds, different people. So thank all three of you mm -hmm. for being a part of it. And, uh... Guys, if you have any questions for any of these guys, you can Google Allendale or what is it, AllendaleMachinery.com. Yep. And you can go there. You can actually, you know, fly to New York if you're in California. Meet these guys firsthand. It's worth the trip. Uh, but Stop all in anytime. All yep. joking aside, um, I appreciate you guys being here and, and helping me learn a bit more about where you come from and the industry itself. Thanks, Tony. Thank you.